Welcome to the sermon podcast of Paley Presbyterian Church. The following sermon is by Pastor Becca Bruner. Friends who are here in the parking lot, friends who are watching at home, I, I don't know about you, but I, I think if ever there was a time in human history where we more desperately needed to hear a word of hope, this is it. Are you with me on this? Can I hear you on this? Come on. Man, <laughs> laying on that horn. This is a time in the world, in our lives, that we need a word of hope. I mean, we have been through so much this year, a pandemic, a recession, isolation. Some of you have lost your jobs. Some people have lost their homes. A whole lot of people have lost someone that they love. People are alone. People are afraid. We're over a whole year, beyond a year into this pandemic. And yet here we are. We, we can't even gather with our loved ones like we're used to. It seems to me that our need for hope is at an all-time high. But I want you to imagine with me for a moment. Imagine you had a question. You, you had a question about what was going to happen to you or, or to somebody that you love, something uh, that's going to happen in your life, and you want to know the answer. You want to know what's going to happen. And so you have two friends, two options of people that you could go to with that question. They're going to tell you what's going to happen. Friend number one is going to tell you what you want to hear. Friend number one is going to tell you something that's going to make you so very happy. And friend number two, well, friend number two is going to tell you the truth, no matter what. Which friend would you want to go to, do you think? Most of us would choose friend number two, right? I mean, we want to be happy, but more than that, we want the truth. Because it doesn't matter how hopeful a message is if it isn't truthful. We have to live in reality, and so we need not just hope, but we need truthful hope. We need real hope. We need durable hope. And friends, that is what brings us precisely to Easter. Oftentimes, people come to church on Easter looking, expecting a message of hope, right? A feel-good message, an optimistic message. But this year... You're in your cars, or you're still hunkered down at home. Way too much is at stake this year to just settle for a temporary mood lifter. So today, I want to talk to you about hope, but as I do, I'm going to tell you the truth, the Easter truth. And that Easter truth is contained in two simple sentences. Death is real, and death is not the end. That is our truthful Easter hope. Death is real, and death is not the end. Kind of funny thing in our day. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about just about anything, but we really don't like to talk about death. We don't like to think about death. We don't like to say the word death. 
well, life is great. Life is, is, is good. We, we'll play a game called life, right? We'll eat a breakfast cereal called life. Anybody ever seen a breakfast cereal called death? You know, maybe for the people who have a really, really hard time waking up in the morning. We have a product that we all purchase uh, called life insurance. But that's a little bit of funny thing, because what do you have to do to be able to collect it? You got to die. But we don't call it death insurance. That would be far too depressing. <laughs> Hasn't always been this way. You know, in our culture, people used to be much more comfortable with death. We used to be able to talk about it. In fact, so much that parents used to teach their children this simple prayer when they went to bed each night. Some of you may have prayed this yourselves. It says, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Kind of nice. Maybe some of you have, have prayed that prayer, but I, I wonder if any of you prayed the second verse. There's a second verse. It says, Our days begin with trouble here. Our life is but a span, and cruel death is always near. So frail a thing is man. Good night, honey. Sweet dreams. But you know what? People used to teach their kids this prayer. They did. Because they wanted their kids to know. They wanted them to know that death is real. And that death is not the end. It's another way of thinking about this. Anybody uh, recognize the name Mel Blanc? Mel Blanc was the, the voice behind all the cartoon characters in the Looney Tunes movies and series. And uh, at the end of every movie, if you remember, uh, when the show came to an end, you would see Porky Pig come onto the screen, and he always said the same one line. Remember what that was? That's all, folks. And several years ago, Mel Blanc died. And wouldn't you guess, his family on his gravestone had engraved that phrase. That's all, folks. So the question of Easter is, which is true? Friend number one says, that's all, folks. Friend number two says, he is risen indeed. But does that, what does death mean? Does death mean that the show is over, that, that that's all, folks? Or is it possible that somewhere the real show is just getting started? The Apostle Paul had uh, a few things to say about life and death in his letter to the church at Corinth. He writes this. He said, friends, let me go over the message with you one final time. This message that I proclaimed and that you made your own, this message on which you took your stand and by which your life has been saved. The first thing I did was place before you what was placed so emphatically before me, that the Messiah died for our sins exactly as Scripture tells it, that he was buried, that he was raised from death on the third day, again, exactly as Scripture says, that he presented himself alive to Peter and then to his closest followers and later to more than 500 of his followers all at the same time, most of them still around, although a few have since died that he then spent time with James and the rest of those he commissioned to represent him, and that he finally presented himself alive to me. 
death is not the end. But death is real. Death is real. 1 Corinthians 15, which we read from here, it's the earliest account we have of Jesus' resurrection. It was probably written just about 20 years after Jesus died and rose again, uh, which means, of course, just 20 years had passed. So the people who, who saw it happen, the people who experienced it firsthand, they were still around, alive and well, giving their firsthand eyewitness account of Jesus' death and resurrection. Death is real, which is to say it's universal, it's unavoidable. Death comes for everyone. Death came for Jesus, and death will come for every one of us. Not a single one of us is getting out of this thing alive. Here's been a pretty rude reminder of that, hasn't it? All of us have been been very rudely reminded of our own mortality in ways uh, we're not particularly comfortable with. Doesn't mean we 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 like it. In fact, uh, we go to a pretty great lengths to try to avoid it. When the pandemic hit, uh, it, it was reported that there were some billionaires out there who actually built bunkers, like multi-million dollar bunkers to hide away in until the the pandemic had passed. And one of those bunkers was reportedly 13,000 square feet large. It had a shooting range, a bowling alley, a movie theater, a gym, and a greenhouse. So that's where he he, he went, went away to hide. And the builder of this particular bunker was actually quoted in a newspaper. Here's what he said. He said, some people procrastinate. But the time to buy a bunker is when you don't need it, not when you do. The silver lining of COVID is it's a wake-up call to the world of just how fragile our existence is. Moral of the story, go buy that bunker. That's one kind of hope. Hope in your resources, hope in your own intelligence to wait out the virus. You can go right on bowling and watching Netflix while the world around you goes to hell. That is one kind of hope. But it's not truthful hope. Because death is real. And if it's not COVID-19, it will be something else. Death comes for all of us. Death is real but it is not the end. At least it doesn't have to be. Paul's letter goes on. He says, but let me tell you something wonderful, a mystery I'll probably never fully understand. We're not all going to die, but we are all going to be changed. You hear a blast to end all blasts from a trumpet, and in that time you look up and blink your eyes and it's over. On signal from that trumpet in heaven, the dead will be up and out of their graves beyond the reach of death, never to die again. At the same moment and in the same way, we'll all be changed. In the resurrection scheme of things, this has to happen. Everything perishable taken off the shelves and replaced replaced by the imperishable. This mortal replaced by the immortal. Then the saying will come true. Death swallowed up by triumphant life. Who caught the last word, O death? O death, who is afraid of you now? It was sin that made death so frightening and the law code guilt that gave sin its leverage and its destructive power. Now, in a single victorious stroke of life, all 
three, sin, guilt, death are gone. The gift of our master, Jesus Christ. Thank God. So with all this going for us, my dear, dear friends, stand your ground and don't hold back. Throw yourselves into the work of the master, confident that nothing you do for him is a waste of time or effort. Friends, when Jesus hung on that cross, he really, truly, fully died. But when he came out of that tomb, death was finished. He wasn't subject to it anymore. For Jesus, death was never going to be the end. So that means, that means that when death comes for someone who puts their trust in Jesus, for somebody who follows him, that's not all, folks. For Jesus' followers, death is not the end. Or as the the writer Anne Lamott puts it, she says, for the Christian, well, death is just a change of address. That's what true Easter hope is all about. Easter means that death is not the end. Friends, friends, if you will give as much of yourself as you can to as much of Jesus as you understand, if you can do that, you can have hope. You can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that your death will simply be a change of address. For you, death will not be the end. And if death is not the end, well, gosh, there is just so much to hope for in life. If death is not the end, that means your past is not unforgivable. Some of you need to hear this this morning. No matter what you have done, you can be forgiven. God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Nothing you have done is beyond God's ability to forgive Because Christ died on a cross, and he is risen indeed. Death is not the end. Your past is not unforgivable. And your worth does not fluctuate. Scripture says, for you know what was paid to set you free. You've been set free. And so no matter what happened to you in this past Year, no matter what happened in your job or your bank account or your 401k that you can derive out of here, you can walk into this day with your head held high because to the God who created everything, to the God of the universe, you are worth more than every dollar or drachma, every euro, peso, rupee or ruble or yen ever printed. You are worth the life of his own beloved son and he is risen indeed. Your past is not unforgivable. Your worth does not fluctuate and your future is not at risk. No matter what happens, if death is not the end, that means your future is not up for grabs. Will your future have problems? Most certainly it will have problems. Are you going to die one day? 100% sure we are all going to die one day. 
Does any of that make Jesus nervous? Not one single bit because Jesus already died. He has already taken on the very worst that death can do. And he has risen. He has risen indeed. And I know, friends, we're Presbyterians, but I need to remind you that's the good news part. Jesus Christ is risen. In a moment, we're going to say the Apostles' Creed together. And for those of you who've been a part of our church over these last few months, as we've been going through this series on the Apostles' Creed, you know we've been talking a lot about what it means to say, I believe. But as I was thinking about it this week, I kept coming back to my favorite Easter candy. And I tell you, what well, my favorite Easter candy is. Some of you are going to be totally with me on this. Some of you are going to be absolutely disgusted. We can talk later. Uh, but my favorite Easter candy is, in fact, the Cadbury cream egg. I just need to hear about, are there any Cadbury cream egg fans out there? Thank you. Thank you. You're my people. Thank you. So, true story. <clears throat> you know, Easter candy gets put out on the shelves, right? Like the day after Valentine's Day. They're, like, ready for it. And that happened this year, and I was at the store with my son, and I saw that the Easter candy got put out, and I saw the Cadbury cream egg, so I was like, yes, and I got one. Grabbed it, bought it. And for some reason, I didn't feel like eating it in that moment. And so I just put it in my purse. And it stayed in my purse. And I kid you not, I am telling you God's honest truth, this is the exact Cadbury cream egg I bought that day a few months ago. It's been sitting in my purse ever since. I don't know why. I just, I, I, I never ate it. I didn't ever let myself enjoy it. And I got to say this morning, some of you have been treating Jesus like this Cadbury cream egg. I mean, you've been around for a while. You've heard the stories. You've even maybe sensed that Jesus is there, but you just kind of let him sit. You won't let him in. You won't let yourself enjoy him. So if I may be so bold, I'm going to say for some of you, it's time. It's time to take the candy out of the pocket. It's time to let Jesus move from out there in here. Today, Jesus is coming to you right now, and he is asking, will you let me in? Will you let me be your forgiver? your guide, your strength, your friend, your savior, your life. There is a blood-stained cross. There is an empty tomb. There is a rolled-away stone. There is a risen savior. God has done all of this, all of this, so that for you, death doesn't have to be the end. Maybe you've drifted away from God. You know what? doesn't matter. I don't care how far you may have drifted. I guarantee you it is not far enough that God can't reach. He has reached people a whole lot further away than you. The question today simply is, will you say yes to Jesus? I can't think of a better day to do it. So as we prepare to say the Apostles' Creed together and, and then receive the Lord's Supper, I just want to ask you to pray with me. 
Right now, wherever you are, in your cars, at home, watching online, this is your moment, you and Jesus, to pray. Maybe Jesus is already a part of your life, and maybe you already committed yourself to him, and so right now you just want to say, God, thank you. Thank you for this resurrection hope. But maybe you've never responded to God before. Maybe you haven't in a very long time. And so this is your moment. This is your moment when you say yes. Even if you don't fully understand it all right now, you can simply say, God, I understand this. I understand that I've messed up. I understand that I get afraid. I understand that I need a friend and a forgiver like Jesus. So I'm saying yes to Jesus right now. God, thank you. Thank you that in a fallen world, in an uncertain season, in a troubled time, Jesus Christ is risen. It really happened. It is such good news, and we are so, so grateful. Thank you for the hope that is ours in him. So hear us, Lord, as we offer this prayer of faith, saying together the words of this Apostles' Creed, as an offering of surrender to you. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God. The Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. 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 Amen.